everyone this is zain back with part 2 of the afr podcast in part 1 we discussed what exactly is air fuel ratio we discussed the importance of it we discussed why we as riders should know about afr why we cannot blindly rely on the manufacturers settings because their hands are tied with a lot of rules and regulations we discussed what is the chemically correct air fuel ratio which is also called as the stoichiometric ratio we discussed what exactly is a rich or a lean mixture we discussed what are the pros and cons of them we briefly talked about lambda we also talked about how at 13.3 afr we produce the maximum amount of power and we discussed a lot of other things if you haven't listened to part 1 of the podcast i would recommend that you go back and listen to that it should just be a few podcasts below this you would really need the information in that to completely understand this podcast in this podcast we are going to talk a little bit more in detail and in depth about fueling system fuel maps what not and mainly we are going to talk about what we as riders can do to our motorcycles to make sure they run perfectly fine this is going to be a very in depth quite technical with a lot of information so just try to soak it all in and let's get started now firstly let's try to get a basic understanding of how fueling system works on our motorcycles there are two ways that our motorcycles get the right amount of fuel into the engine one is a carburetor and two is fuel injection systems now we'll briefly talk about carburetors because carburetors are a simpler to tune equipment however as we all know fuel injection systems have taken over the industry and carburetors will soon be history if they are not already now to tune a carburetor you need to understand two things one jets and two air mixture screw jets are basically small little metal pieces inside your carburetor which have small orifices which allow a right amount of fuel to go inside the carburetor and into into the engine you change those jets thereby changing the diameter of those orifices you make them bigger and more fuel flows in you make them smaller and less fuel flows in once you have decided the right jet for your carburetor you then use the air mixture screw to fine tune the fueling on your motorcycle now as you may imagine getting the right orifice on that jet is not something very easy and that is why tuning a carburetor is also called as a fine art or a black art however once you have mastered this art or more conveniently found someone who has mastered this art it is a very simple thing to do you don't need high tech equipment you don't need to spend a lot of money you just need to get small little metal pieces called jets and you need to find someone reliable enough to tune that carb for you now we're not going to go too much into depth into carbs because like i said most modern motorcycles are fuel injected and we rarely are going to encounter a carb motorcycle anymore so let's get to the interesting part the fuel injection every motorcycle has something called an ecu now this ecu can be called as the brain of the motorcycle this ecu decides pretty much everything on your motorcycle including the air fuel ratio by controlling the amount of fuel that goes inside your motorcycle how does it do it every ecu has something called of as a fuel map now this is a big table which the ecu uses as a reference this table has values for example it has for every throttle position and for every 
engine RPM, a certain amount of fuel needs to go inside the engine. It uses this map to send the right amount of fuel into the engine. Now this map is designed by the manufacturer. So it is being fed by the manufacturer of your motorcycle into the ECU, which the ECU uses as a reference to put the right amount of fuel in. Now these maps can be of two types. Either they can be a static map or they can be a dynamic map. Now when it is a static map, which means that when the motorcycle rolls off the factory line, the fuel values that have been set in the fuel map are fixed unless and until someone manually goes and changes them in the ECU. If no one is doing that, then the values will be constant as long as the motorcycle is being ridden. On the other hand, a dynamic map is something which constantly changes. Your ECU is a very smart device and modern motorcycles have a lot of sensors in them. Your ECU takes a lot of data, a lot of readings from all of these sensors and keeps changing your fuel map continuously. These changes are called fuel trims. There can be short-term fuel trims, there can be long-term fuel trims, there can be a plethora of items. Modern fuel injection systems are getting so brilliant at this. They are so fine-tuned that it is mind-boggling. Amidst all of this electronic wizardry, one component really stands out, which is one of the most important for a closed-loop map. This is called as an O2 sensor. So your O2 sensor sits on your exhaust. There may be one or multiple of them depending on how many cylinders you have in your engine, depending on how complicated the closed loop system is and so on and so forth. But this O2 sensor gives your ECU a live reading of what the AFR value is. So it analyzes the exhaust gases coming out of your engine and based on that gives the ECU a live reading of what your AFR values are. Now what the manufacturer does is, apart from the fuel table, it feeds into the ECU something called as an AFR target. Now your ECU reads these live values coming from the O2 sensor, looks at the AFR target table and compares them. If the value coming from your O2 sensor is lower than the value in the AFR target, which means you are running richer, it is going to reduce the amount of fuel going into the motorcycle and vice versa. Now you will say, okay, then I am riding a modern motorcycle which has a very clever ECU which the manufacturer has designed to constantly keep updating. So if I make modifications to my motorcycle, it is going to be automatically compensating for those, mod for those modifications and making sure that I run optimally. That is partly true. Primarily, if we assume that you are happy with whatever the manufacturer's recommendations are, which are, by the way, designed for a large amount of general public, they are not specific to you. The manufacturer designs a motorcycle for the whole general public. So they design it for track guys, they design it for tourers, they design it for city commuters, they design it for pretty much everyone who's going to use a motorcycle and they cannot make a specific fuel map. They have to make a fuel map which works for every single one of you because it is not economically feasible to put a fuel map for every single motorcycle going out of the factory floor. So the fuel map coming out of the factory is a compromise between all sort of genre of riders. However, if you assume that you are very much happy by the factory recommendation, we still are limited. 
because your closed loop system that your ECU has and the fuel trains that your ECU does that changes to the fuel maps are capped. They are not indefinite. For reference, most ECUs will be capped at 15 to 20%, which means that the ECU is not allowed to change more than 20% rich or 20% lean than the stock value fed at the factory. The most common reason behind this being that let's say a sensor fails on your motorcycle. Let's say that the O2 sensor fails. The O2 sensor sends a reading to your ECU that your motorcycle is running rich but in reality it is not. The ECU is then going to keep reducing the amount of fuel indefinitely. And at one point there will be no fuel in your engine which means your engine is not going to run because your O2 sensor malfunctioned and your ECU decided to just keep reducing fuel. Which is why there is a maximum limit that your ECU can make modification. So if your modifications are relatively minor, which means that the 20% modification that the ECU is allowed to do is enough for you to come back to stock settings and you are happy with them, then yes, in that case, you will be running a motorcycle that is well tuned for you. However, we don't know what the limitations are set by the manufacturer. We don't know what those restrictions are. We don't know that after doing any modifications to the motorcycle, we are running at the right settings. The only way to know is to test the AFR values on your motorcycle. Now you will say, okay, enough. I understand that AFR is important. I understand that the manufacturer's hands are tied. I understand that if I make modifications, I need to look at my fuel maps. I understand all of that. What can I do as a rider? And now we come to the crux of it as to what as a rider we can do in fuel injection. We already discussed what we can do in carburetors. Let's see what we can do in fuel injection. So the options that we have are broadly categorized into two different categories. The first one is called an ECU flash or an ECU remap. And the second one is called a piggyback ECU. We'll go into depths in both of them. Let's start with the ECU flash. So what do we do with an ECU flash? You take the ECU out of your motorcycle, you place it in some very high-tech, very expensive equipment which allows us to go into the depths of the ECU and change fundamental values that have been fixed by the manufacturer. The manufacturer has set a lot of values which restricts the ECU, which is why you will hear a lot of tuners saying that before we can tune the motorcycle, we have to de-restrict the ECU. That is what de-restricting is all about. This is literally going to the root cause of the problem and solving it right then and there. However, there are pros and cons to an ECU flash. The biggest pro is that your ECU is a very smart, very high-tech equipment. Which means, if you can tap into your ECU, you can pretty much do anything on your motorcycle. You can control the whole electronic system of your motorcycle as per your desire. This opens up a lot of possibilities for you to do. Apart from this, it's a more simple thing to do because it goes straight to the root of the problem, solves it there. You don't need any extra devices, you don't need any extra things on your motorcycle to complicate things. However, the cons of this process are quite significant too. Now, first of all, it is an inconvenient process because one, you have to find someone who has the right equipment and who knows what they are doing. You have to take the ECU out of your motorcycle, send it across to them, wait for them to tune, 
send it back to you. Meanwhile, your motorcycle is just standing and this can be a long process. Even bad is, let's say that the ECU comes back and you don't like the work that they have done, which means you repeat the process all over again and you keep waiting for it. The worst thing that can happen is if you go into the depths of your ECU, you may end up damaging the ECU as well. Especially if the tuner doesn't know what he's doing or if he doesn't have the right equipment, you may end up damaging the ECU. Which means you go from a simple process of adjusting your fuel map to a blown up ECU. And that bill can get really, really big. So you open yourself up to that risk. So an ECU flash is a simpler thing. It goes to the root cause of the problem. But if you go into the root cause, you open yourself up to a lot of risk. Moving from that onto piggyback ECUs. Now, what is a piggyback ECU? So if you imagine in your mind a diagram, on the left hand side, you've got all of the sensors and all of the things on your engine, like your fuel injectors, your spark plugs, your ignition coils, and your O2 sensors, your throttle position sensor and everything. And on the right side, you've got your ECU. And there is constant data flowing from the left side to the right side between the ECU and the sensor. So the sensors are constantly sending a lot of values to the ECU. The ECU is making constant decisions, sending a lot of instructions back to the equipment on your motorcycle. And this constant mesh is going on your motorcycle every time you're riding it. Now, what does a piggyback ECU does? A piggyback ECU is an external ECU, an external device, which sits right in between the two components. So it intercepts data from all of the sensors that are coming from the motorcycle. It may or may not alter them and send them to the ECU. And then it intercepts all of the instructions coming from the ECU, changes them and sends, sends them back to the equipment on your motorcycle. So it makes your ECU believe that the motorcycle is running as the manufacturer intended, whilst it is actually making the motorcycle run as per your liking. If I give you an example, then let's say you have a rapid bike ECU, which is intercepting values from the O2 sensor and sending it to the ECU. Now the ECU wants to run a leaner mixture of let's say 14.7, right? The rapid bike ECU knows that the ECU wants this. So it's going to tell the ECU that, you know, the motorcycle is running at 14.7. Meanwhile, what it is going to do is it is going to take the fuel values coming from the ECU, change them, to whatever we tell it to. So if we tell the rapid bike ECU that we want to run at 13 AFR and accordingly it will add that much more fuel and send to the injectors. Meanwhile, the ECU believes that the motorcycle is running at 14.7, but the rapid bike decides that, okay, I'm going to run it at 13. It, the value that is coming from the O2 sensor is 13 AFR, but the one being sent to the ECU via the rapid bike is 14.7. So the ECU is happy. We are happy as riders and everything in that system is working well. In this process, there's pros and cons as well. The primary pro being that this is a removable system. So if you do something on the motorcycle and let's say you are not happy with it, all you have to do is unplug quite a few connectors, take the harness out, and you go back to a completely stock motorcycle as it rolled out of the factory. These piggyback ECUs are also not that tightly restricted from any factory, which means they are easy to operate on, which means all you need is a laptop, the right cable, the right software, and you can make changes to these piggyback ECUs. You can do this at the track, you can do this at the drag strip, you can like, you can sit in Shimla in some, some remote area and you can get a tuner to remote access your laptop and tune your motorcycle there, you know. So that is a more convenient process. However, installing one on your motorcycle can get 
tedious because imagine connecting to all of these sensors and to your ECU has a lot of wires, it has a lot of wiring harnesses and the modern motorcycles which are getting more and more cramped don't have a lot of space for such extra wiring. But if you can make one fit, that is a little bit more convenient. The other con being that these ECUs are usually restricted because you can only tap into a set amount of sensors and a set amount of wires that are going between the ECU and the equipment. You cannot change the values that are set inside the ECU which means you cannot change or control everything that the ECU is doing. So piggyback ECUs are limited. However, they are a little bit risk-free compared to an ECU flash. An ECU flash is a very in-depth process which lets you do a lot of things, but it also opens you up to a lot of risk and definitely moves you away from whatever the stock settings are to which you may or may not be able to return to. Now, those are the options that you have to control your AFR in theory. Those are your theoretical options, an ECU flash and a piggyback ECU. In the practical world, what options do we have? So, there are no products for an ECU flash. You have to find someone who has the right equipment, talk to them and make arrangements for you to be able to do an ECU flash. One of the well-known names in the industry is Brand Turing. It's a German company and they are actually one of the most convenient in the modern day. They send across a unit to you which you use to offload the map from the motorcycle, send the map across to them, across the world, to Germany. They tune the map for you as per your requirements and in fact, you load it on your motorcycle and that is the ECU flash done for you. So that is one of the most convenient ways of flashing your ECU. On the other hand, in the piggyback ECU segment, you've got a plethora of options. You've got, in India, you've got Powertronics, you've got a Power Commander 5 from the US, you've got Rapid Bike, you've got Bazaars, You've got a lot of these uh, units and in all of these units, you've got multiple add-ons. So you can get a basic PC5, which is a power commander 5, which connects to your ECU and to your fuel injectors and basically controls the fuel that is going into your engine. However, if you also want your ECU to believe that it is running at the right settings, then you can get a separate auto-tune module. If you have, uh, let's say, a Daytona, which runs double injectors per cylinder then you may want to get a secondary fuel injector module so you know you can keep on adding different different layers of depth to different piggyback ecus and it can get very confusing and very complicated but you also have hybrid systems for example a woolish system a woolish system also taps into your sensors as well as taps directly into your ecu it's a very clever very smart very good system which allows you to tap into the ecu as well as well as control the sensors remotely outside the ECU as well. So it works both as an ECU flash as well as a piggyback ECU. However, it is limited to a certain number of motorcycles. You cannot do this on each and every motorcycle. It is limited to a range of ECUs and a range of motorcycles that you can do to. But if you can do it to your motorcycle, there is nothing better than that. Having said that, all of the equipment that I mentioned, brand tuning, powertronics, power commando, Woolwich, Bazaars, all of these are very high-tech, very high-quality equipment, which means that none of them are going to cause direct damage to your motorcycle. Of course, some of them are better than others in some aspects. Some may have a better software interface, some may have a higher quality wiring harness, some may have a longer lasting life, and they have their own quirks going for them. But they are very high-tech equipment 
because they allow you to do something which is very serious right so they are not going to cause damage to your motorcycle what can cause damage to your motorcycle is the wrong map so a tuner who's not worth his salt who doesn't know what he's doing may end up putting a map which makes a motorcycle run very rough which has all the wrong values in it or it runs partly at different values and that is not going to be really good for your engine and that may end up damaging your motorcycle in the long run as well so that's the gist of air fuel ratio in our motorcycles i try to keep it as short and simple as possible however it still become a quite a long one if you really stuck to the end of it i really appreciate it thank you so much for listening if you have any questions any doubts you can always hit me up on instagram i'm at the zengin that is p h e underscore z e double n g i n e you can hit me up with your questions your comments whether you like it what other topics would you want us to cover and thank you so much for listening thanks for listening to this podcast i want to hear your stories your motorcycle experiences what you've been doing and how motorcycles have made your life better so if you have something to say dm us on instagram uh, and uh, i'll be more than happy to get you on this podcast